When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com, with your hosts Ricky Valero and Chris Stoops, bringing you all the guys who should be on your fantasy radar this season and leading into your upcoming rookie draft. Welcome to another edition of the Debbie Delight, brought to you by ExpandTheBoxScore.com. We here at the Debbie Delight, we have covered the quarterback position, we did two episodes on the running back position. Last week, we covered the wide receiver position in part one. This week, we're going to dive into part two. We're going to take a look at a couple of the guys that we have ranked in the lower half of, the, uh, of our rankings, and then we're going to take a look at some of the guys that we have um, that are sleepers that we think that, could really, that really should be on your radar heading into this offseason. As always, I am joined by my partner in crime, Stoops. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. I'm on vacation, so I'm just smooth sailing. Leave for Seattle early tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'm pretty Excited jealous. About that. I'm pretty jealous of that, to be honest with you. I've always wanted to go to Seattle, so you'll have to let me know yeah. about that. It's it's. I, li- I lived up in Washington for a little while when I, my dad was in the army, so I've been up in that area. But I was second grade. I don't remember it, so I'm I'm very excited to get back up into that area. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. And uh, we've we've been texting a whole lot. Um, a lot of big football games happened yesterday. Uh, Wisconsin lost which was Mm -hmm. just a a massive shock. Because honestly, going into that game next week, the Ohio State-Wisconsin game, that that was going to be the game, you know what I mean, this coming up week, which it still is, don't get me wrong, but it's not as elevated as it once was. Um, Florida came back, beat South Carolina, Auburn manhandled Arkansas. Um, Clemson looks like Clemson again. Um, Justin Herbert pulled a hat trick out of his butt. Um, You know, he really did, man. That was... He looked pretty rough in some parts of that game, and then he comes back and wins that game. And and Jay, I'll tell you what, Eason was very impressive to me um, during that game. He looked, he had some pinpoint accuracy on some throws that kind of shocked me uh, during that game. I know you watched that one kind of more so than I did. I was paying attention to uh, the Heisman Trophy leading candidate right now. But uh, what were your thoughts on that game? Yeah, no, and and for the for the longest time, I was thinking like this is just the Jacob Eason show, you know, and because Herbert, man, he was, and we've said it before, even where. He just struggles with accuracy sometimes, and it was showing in that game. I mean, he's show, he was throwing the ball, you know, two yards, three yards over his guy's head, wide open to, like, easy throws he should have made. But then it was just kind of like he said, something just kind of clicked, and he started getting into that rhythm. So um, it was great to see Herbert, you know, you know, start to step up and, and see what we really wanted from him. So um, both quarterbacks overall, I would say, definitely played very, very well. So um it was a very good game very very exciting game to watch uh and of course the big news out of Tuscaloosa obviously with Tua being hurt that um obviously I really didn't think they missed a step but they they struggled a little bit in the second half to score some points without their quarterback and I think their other their backup quarterback ended up getting hurt as well so it was it was a very interesting game against uh against UT but um from the standpoint on the outside it looks like he's going to be out maybe one to two weeks is what i've heard 
Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be very interesting what that one to two weeks looks like because obviously they play Arkansas next week and of course the big showdowns in three weeks against uh, LSU. So I and for me for my sake I need Tua to be healthy for that game. You know what I mean? I, I want to see Tua versus Burrow in, in the biggest game of the college football season. Um, what are your What are your thoughts on that, Steeps? You've got to You've got to think that Tua. <sighs> Unless he is just 100% unable to go, one, just being a competitor, you know, you got to think he's going to get out there. And you got to think Nick Saban, the Alabama coaching staff, the, the, the trainers, everyone, unless he literally just cannot go, he'll be out there in that game. He will play. Because um, I think he had what, like a minor procedure, I think is what they said. I, I'm not sure what it entailed. I'm not sure what exactly happened. But yeah. They're not expecting him to be out too terribly long, but for for the sake of of Joe Burrow and and just that matchup between Tua, Joe Burrow, Alabama, LSU, you want to see both teams at full strength. Um, it's it's going to be a matchup to to not miss. That's for sure. Yeah, and the thing about it is, for me, at the same time, I think Tua in the back of his head has to kind of think about his future as well. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not to sound necessarily selfish in the matter and obviously he's a competitor and wants to get out there as fast as he can but I mean we're talking about the potential number one overall pick in the draft so it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of transitions I will say I was very impressive with Najee Harris last week last night Um, he kind of took over that game once once uh, Tua did go down I mean he ended up totaling for almost uh, over 150 total yards he had a pair of touchdowns he uh, averaged five yards on the five yards per carry on the ground, so I think he really kind of stepped up to the plate and kind of showed a little bit of what we've been looking for out of you know what we want out of Najee Harris and all this hype that we've heard about him going up this draft board everywhere. So it was good. Um, it was a good weekend of football. Next weekend has uh, some good potential matchups as well. But folks, like I said, we're going to go right ahead and dive right into part two of our wide, resi- wide receiver position. All right, Stoops, we're going to dive right into the first receiver we're going to talk about, and that's Jalen Rager out of TCU. Tell us what you like about him. You know, I like this guy a lot. Um, We've obviously been talking about it. You know, last episode, we kind of touched base on him a little bit. Previous episodes before, we've touched base on him. He's having a little bit of a, I don't want to call it a letdown year, but essentially it is. But, I mean, the quarterback play there is just not helping him at all. It is definitely not showing what his true talents are. I mean, he was a four-star prospect coming out of high school. He was the 13th overall um, receiver. Um, He's only contributing basically 12.1% of the the team scrimmage yards right now. So it's – it's just tough right now for him. As I said, the way that the offense is running, the way the quarterbacks are playing, it's just not catering to, to him at all. They're not doing him justice. Against Kansas State, the most recent game, he did see 11 targets for eight catches, 85 yards, no touchdowns. Um, but that's the kind of stuff we need to be seeing week in and week out. They've got to get Jalen Rager the ball. So it's it's one of those where he's just he's just not seeing the targets that he should see on a consistent basis. When he is getting those targets, he's making the catches. Um, I mean, he had 80 percent catch percent against Iowa State, seventy five percent against Purdue. So he's he's got some solid catch percents. He's just not seeing a lot of targets. Um, definitely a huge factor in the special teams aspect of things. He had that one where he kind of bobbled the punt return a couple weeks ago, and then picked it up and and ran it back for a touchdown. So he's got the big playmaking ability, um, whether it be on offense or whether it be in the special team. So. Um, 
it's just one of those things where where the way that the offense is running, and I actually went through because I was kind of curious. So the team's total yards, they've only thrown for just over 1,200 passing yards, but they've ran for over 1,400 yards. So they're definitely a little bit more on the run side of things. It's essentially 50-50, but it's 54.2% rushing um, yards to the 45.8 on the passing side. So they're definitely running the ball a little bit more than what they do pass, but it just comes down to the fact that it almost seems like the coaching staff doesn't trust the quarterbacks enough to really throw the ball that often, which, you know, at any level, if, if you can't get the passing game going, it, it's, it's going to hurt the running game. And it's the flip side too. If you can't get the running game going then the passing game is going to suffer. So it's just that TCU offense this year, it's, it's, it's not what we're accustomed to seeing. I would say we're, we're usually a little bit, you know, higher on them. They, they're usually a more fast paced up tempo type offense. They can get the job done. And it just seems like they're struggling on a lot of areas this year, but overall Jalen Rager is a phenomenal talent. He's one that you definitely, you definitely shouldn't uh, forget about. He, he, you definitely want to keep him on your, keep him on your mind. Um, He's not getting targeted too terribly much in the red zone, unfortunately. Um, like to see it a little bit more. But again, we've said it before. You, you've said it before. If a team's not in the red zone, he obviously can't get the targets there. So they're just not down in the red zone too, too much. But um, that offense, they got to figure something out. That coaching staff, they got to sit down and really dig deep and, and just figure out something to get the ball into his hands. That's the biggest thing is just get it into his hands and he's going to make some plays. Yeah, it's been kind of rough watching uh, Rager this year. And again, not his fault at all because, I mean, if you think back last year, I mean, he had a massive game against Oklahoma State where he had five carries for 121 yards. I didn't – five carries for 121 mm-hmm. yards, and that was on top of having an eight-catch 91 yards in that game as well. I mean, he combined for well over 200 yards in that game. Like, this guy is good at football. Like – you're 100% right. I mean, he's a down-the-field threat. He's a playmaker, can make the plays after the catch. He's very slippery in space. He's not huge, but he's fast. You know what I'm saying? And, and yep. he's got so much talent. I mean, last year, his stats were insane. 72, 10, 61, nine touchdowns. I mean, he had 13 carries, 170 yards, two touchdowns as well. I mean, it, he's very good. I mean, a lot of his stats are down, even yards per catch. Um it's kind of as uh, is down a massive three point you know three yards per catch this year. Um, I I to be honest with you, regular um, I have thought I went back and forth with at with as deep as this class is. Could you see regular go back for a senior year? And I, I I teetered with it, and I even wrote it down. I was like, this could be, but at the same time, I don't think he has anything to gain by going back because I don't foresee this like TCU like they're supposed to be this high powered offense and and they have been known for that for a lot of years but that high powered offense is just not what it used to be anymore and that has what's caused this massive step back this year in watching him play and it's not necessarily his fault um in two games he had 13 catches 156 and a touchdown and then of course if you go into the other four games it's 10 catches 152 touchdowns so his stats are kind of come come from two big games and that's really it but i think a guy that we're going to talk about a little bit later he suffers from the same thing and that's the and that's the roughness of the quarterback play and that's what regular suffering from and that's sad because honestly i think once we go to the combine once we go down to his pro days i think that he's going to show what he's capable of doing and and possibly reevaluate his uh his potential draft status and hopefully a lot of these guys watching him are 
are understanding. I'm not hopefully, but I'm sure they're understanding that his stats aren't down because of him. It's just his the lack of uh, of talent around him is not as good as it once was. And that's the biggest thing. Like you you pretty much just hit it. Like the scouts, they've got to see because they they've seen what he is capable of doing, and, and they the way the scouts' minds work. Because obviously, I'm just a I'm no professional scout by any means, but I can look at a player or watch a game essentially, but look at a player and, and, and see it's not his fault necessarily. Now, if he's getting these balls thrown straight to his chest and everything and he's just dropping them, okay, that's on that's on him. But that's just not the case with him. And we even touched back, touch base last week with like LaVisca Chenault. It's the same thing. Could he come back for his senior season to try and improve things? Sure, but what has he gained from it? You know, yeah, okay, cool. He might come back and have better numbers. But what's the point? Like the team, and I hate to, to make it a, a me, me, me kind of thing. But when you're talking about someone's future and someone's, you know, essentially their draft stock, which I would hate to say it has probably dropped a little bit. Why would you go back? Why would you risk dropping it even more? So to your point, like it just doesn't make sense for him to come back for that senior season. So it's probably in his best interest, even if it is a mediocre season that he ends up having go pro start just kill it at your pro days because you know they always cater to the players obviously the pro days that's what it's meant for is to just make it as simple of a process for them so they can show what they're capable of doing and he's a fast guy we've even said it the nfl loves speed they love it so he's gonna find his little niche in the nfl um somewhere some way so i would agree with you it just doesn't make sense for him to come back another season um even with the season that he's been having so far yeah, I agree 100%. Transitioning to the next guy we're going to talk about is Tylen Wallace, a uh, four-star recruit out of uh, Fort Worth, Texas, about six foot, 185. Um, I'll tell you what, I like this kid a whole lot. Um, as as I see him each and every week, he's he's somebody that I like to watch. Somebody's, uh, you know, play that I like to do, you know, to look on look online and be like, let me see his his run for the week. Um, this guy's very good underneath. He's also down the field. He can basically run every route you can imagine when you ask him to do. He's all over the field. And he's able to do it. Um, he will win the jump balls whenever you need him to. He's a very, very crisp route runner. Um, this year, he's got at least five catches in every game this year. He's got five catches or more in seven straight games. Um, he's got 1,000-yard games in his last 20 games, which is insane. Five multi-touchdowns uh, games in there as well. Um, he's got 10 targets in the red zone, two touchdowns. Um, it's crazy to think that him and Chuba, uh, com- you know, combined for 57% market share for this team's scrimmage yards this year. I mean, between these two guys, obviously Chuba is 35%, Tylen Wallace is 21%, but 21% market share for a wide receiver is still pretty nice. Um, you know, he's got a touchdown of 69, 90 yards, 75 yards. I mean, that's just that alone right there is insane as well. Um, he's a he's a burner. But at the same time, he can catch the underneath routes, which is very impressive. Um, he had two massive, massive games last year that were just out of this world and insane. He had the ten for two twenty two against Texas. And that wasn't just to get that wasn't against uh, you know South Alabama. He did have ten for one sixty six against South Alabama last year. But I mean, he had ten for two twenty two against Texas last year. He had ten for two twenty against Oklahoma last year. Pair touchdowns in both of those games. Um, he's, you know, he had a rushing touchdown as well last year. Um, he's, he's very good. Um, I think the biggest problem with Tylen Wallace this year is he's just, he's playing in a, he's, he's coming out in a year where 
there's just so much talent there. It just blows my, we've talked about this a thousand times when it comes to the quarterback position, when it comes to the running back position, when it comes to the wide receiver position, there is so much talent on this roster. Uh, I remember we're coming out in this draft this year and it blows my mind. Um, another thing that sticks out second and medium, 13 targets, 12 catches, 186 yards, two touchdowns, seven first downs, first down and uh, 10 plus 19 targets, 13 catches, 278 yards, two touchdowns, and six first downs. This guy's a first down machine. He's got 20 already. Half of his catches uh, result in first downs. Um, Stoops, I I love this kid, man. He's really good. You know, and you literally hit on every single number that I had written down here, heavily targeted in the red zone. Um, you know, he, he's just a big guy. He's, he's going to go get that ball is kind of what I'm saying. He, he plays big, um, solid hands. He's going to come down with that ball more often than not. Um, and he is essentially – so basically I did the same thing for everyone as far as, you know, passing yards, rushing yards, total, and kind of what the passing percentage is compared to rushing percentage. He's sitting in almost the same exact type of offense um, percentage wise that Jalen Rager was 53.7% rushing um, yards and then 46.3 on the passing side of it. But he's got much better numbers. He's got a better quarterback, you know, and Spencer Sanders, he's, he's not anything phenomenal. He's really not but he's getting, getting the ball to Wallace. He is targeting him. He's getting it to, I want to say the best player on that offense, but Chuba Hubbard is uh, no slouch. So I don't know who you could say is the better one because they're both phenomenal players. But the point being Wallace is getting the targets. He is getting the ball when, when, when needed. So it's just one of those where he's, he's going out, he's doing what he needs to do and you hit it. I mean, his receiving yards, it's, you know, multiple hundred yard games, multiple um, double digit touchdown games. Um, it's just phenomenal to see what he's doing on the field. And I absolutely love him. Um, I know I love him a little bit more than what you do as far as rankings go, but we'll get to that later. But um, he's just a phenomenal talent. I absolutely love watching him week after week. Yeah, he's a star, uh, period. Uh, I can't I can't wait to see him uh, in the next level. Um, it, it, for me, like I said, it, whenever I was sitting down going over my rankings and, and you do like them a little more than I do, but at the same time, I mean, this guy is, this guy is, he's moving up my board and, um, I, I mean, I've got him in the, I've got him at six, I think right now, not to spoil it, but, um, I can, it's, it's hard fitting the men, them top five guys, man, they're just, it's just a loaded class, and I love I love playing around with these guys, watching these guys run their routes and and stuff like that. And Tylen Wallace has impressed me on another another level. But you're right though, Tylen Wallace is like the opposite. He's like the same as Jalen Rager, except for he's got a better quarterback, a better team, and he's producing while Rager's not. And the downside about it is 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 the downside of the uh, of Rager having a down year is so many there's that leaves the door open for other guys to have a better year, which then of course his draft his draft stock comes down. Well, and you, that's exactly it. So you kind of, whenever you had mentioned, you know, um, how deep the class is, it kind of reminded me when I'm going through and was, is getting my rankings together, I'm kind of like, all right, I'm going to put this guy at six. And I'm like, well, but I really like this guy. Like I want, you know what I mean? It's just kind of like, man. Yeah. I, so it's, it's, it's this, you know, and, and a lot of people do it in a tier based system. Like, yes, so-and-so is number one, number two, number three, but it's almost in this class. You kind of need to have essentially like a tier based system because to me, these guys are so close. Once you start getting to these groups of guys, it's, 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 it's almost like you're pulling hairs whenever you, you know, you rank so-and-so at seven, eight, nine, cause they're all so close. So it's, yep. it's, it's one of those classes. It really is, and it's it's really exciting to talk about and kind of go over. The next guys we're going to talk about are two guys that 
are not necessarily in the top half of the rankings, but they're guys that we think that are really good and should be on your radar today and moving forward. Uh, Stoops, I'll let you kick it off with your guy. So the guy I'm going to talk about, I've sent, I, I've tweeted out a couple times about him. Um, that's Omar Bayless. He's wide receiver out of Arkansas State. I like this guy a lot. And I'll be 100% completely honest with you. I hadn't heard his name before the start of this season, just being 100% honest. So once I saw his name and, you know, on the, the website, expandtheboxscore.com, you go to the the receiving leading board and stuff like that. And you, you look at the receivers He's been at the top the whole entire season. Um, he, he's number one in the, the country right now receiving yards. He's tied for first in touchdowns, um, receiving touchdowns. So he's just been killing it all year. He's got over 100 receiving yards in every single game this season except for one, and that was against Georgia. Um, 54 receiving yards in that one, but the rest of the games, 132, 149, 141, 213, 154, and 150. So, yes, it's Arkansas State, who I believe is what in the Sun Belt Conference. So I get it. The the competition is not necessarily the best, um, but they've played SMU, um, who is is showing at the time they weren't ranked, but um, they're number 16 in the country right now. So it's it's they're a better team than what, you know, most people would have thought come week one. Um, and he had 132 receiving yards and four touchdowns in that game, five first downs as well. No fumbles, which is great. No fumbles on the season. Um, he's account for 30 first downs on the season, which is just phenomenal as well. Um, it's, it's this guy. I mean, I just absolutely love him. You know, I really do. He's got the big playability. Um, he's averaging 12.7 yards per target and 18.7 yards per catch. Um, and, and as I said, he's got a, a touchdown in every game, um, but two this season and multiple of the games, uh, two, two games, I'm sorry. He had multiple touchdowns against SMU. He had four in Georgia state. He had three, um, 12 red zone targets with 75% catch rate, 131 yards and five touchdowns in the red zone. <laughs> um, so basically he's got five touchdowns in the red zone, five touchdowns outside of the red zone. So, I mean, it, it's kind of like you ask him, well, he asks you, what do you need me to do? And he does it. You know, I just love players like that. He was only a three-star prospect coming out of high school in his class. He was ranked 1,735th. He was the 212th receiver in his class. So he was not a highly touted guy. Um, Hence, and again, no disrespect to Arkansas state, but that's kind of why he ended up at Arkansas state. He just wasn't highly touted coming out of high school. Um, But man, He's, he's in a, a very pass-friendly offense. 72.1% of the total yards are from passing. Um, so he's definitely, you know, he, he's he's getting the yards and everything because of that. So definitely helps there whenever you're a receiver. You love to go to an offense that just pass heavy. 32.5% um, of the, the total yards basically are accounted to him. So he is clearly far and above their best guy on the team. Um, I absolutely love him. And I actually found it kind of cool when I sent out the first tweet. He uh, he liked it and retweeted it. So that was kind of cool. I didn't even tag him in it. And he he came across it. So that was kind of cool. But um, he's a guy I sent out the other tweet just with this last game. I mean, yeah, it's Louisiana Lafayette, but 15 targets, nine receptions, 150 yards. It's He's just doing it week after week. And he accounted for eight first downs in that game. So he's doing it week after week. I absolutely love him. Um Where's he at? He's 6'3", 207, so he's got some good size to him as well. I just I, I just, I can't say it enough. I, I love this guy. I'm glad I came across him. Um, and he's someone that I strongly suggest to, to definitely keep an eye on throughout the rest of the season and then going into um, basically the draft process. Um, he is a senior, so he's got to come out. 
So it's it's going to be interesting. And if he goes to the um, this the um, the Senior Bowl, basically, it's it's he's gonna he's gonna open some eyes. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he does. Yeah. So to be honest with you, this is one of the guys that um, Stoops put on my radar whenever he tweeted out a couple of weeks ago and talking about this kid and and looking at his stats is just. It, it it's that's absurd, you know. Eighteen point seven yards per carry uh, per catch is insane. I mean, he's had games of one thirty two, one forty, uh, one forty two, one forty one, two thirteen, one fifty four, one fifty. Twenty two first down catches out of forty four catches this year. He's got raw talent. He's big in size. Um, he's willing to work to get better. Um, I was I was I was looking at an article about how um his route running from this from last year to this year has improved massively. Um, he's versatile. Um, he can play inside or out. Um, he's aggressive with catching the ball. Um, he's able to track the ball in the air, which is a very key for a speedster, you know, big time guy like him. Um, being able to track the ball and adjust to where the ball's coming because we all know the ball is not always going to be, you know, thrown like a dime. So, you know, be, him being able to adjust the ball in the air is very impressive. Um, he's very electric with the ball in his hands. He can take it to the house whenever he can. Um, he's very physical at the line of scrimmage, which I really like, which is going to play big key, um, on Sundays for him at six, three, two or seven being physical off the ball in the red zone is going to make him a massive target in the red zone. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't have a whole lot to add about Omar other than the fact that this kid's good. And I mean, everybody's going to sit there and say, oh, well, you know, he's played at Arkansas State. And yeah, you're, you're right. Mm-hmm. But watch, my favorite thing is, is, is seeing guys like this, you know, rise up through the ranks. And, and the funny thing about it was I noticed, I was like, man, he was a 212th ranked receiver in his class. Like that just, that to me is just, you know, the fact that we're talking about him is impressive enough. As many receivers that cycle through college football that, that don't make it to that next level, this kid was supposed to be one of those. You know what I mean? Like he was supposed to be one of those kids and, and here he is and he's going to probably be drafted, you know, you know, it might not be in the first or second round, but he might be around in the third, fourth, fifth round. And I think that he's going to help a team and he's going to produce on Sundays and it's going to be fun to watch. Absolutely. And then it's, it's, you know, yeah, he went to Arkansas state, but I mean, you look at, you know, just the first name that popped to my mind was like Michael Gallup. Like he went where I think it was Colorado state. Yeah. Um, Preston Williams, um, same thing. So it's kind of the the good thing about receivers. Yes. Okay. Jerry Judy, obviously he goes to Alabama. He's killing it, all that stuff. Of course he is going to be the more highly touted guy. We get that. But the cool thing about receivers is yeah, you may go to a smaller, more smaller school, but when you have the the traits to be a top receiver, these scouts are going to see that. You know what I mean? Whether you go to a small school, big school, medium-sized school, whatever the case may be. But it's he's going to open some eyes. So I agree 100%. I, I like watching this kid play and, and, and expect big things from the next level. And that transition to a guy that – um, I talked about on the podcast when we talked about the SEC guys, and, and it's one guy that I really, really like watching play. Um, that's Kalijah Lipscomb, three-star prospect out of uh, New Orleans. Um, six foot, 201. Not the biggest guy, but he, he's got the size. Um, it's, it, he's a leader. I will start that off by saying that's the first thing that I wrote down um, when I started doing some research on Lipscomb and watching him play. He's a leader on that sidelines. Um and that's one thing that you got to love about guys like him. Um, he's got massive heart. He's got strong upper body and lower body strength. Um, he's not a guy that's going to catch it and just go down. He's going to fight for those extra yards. 
um, which I love to see out of a receiver. Um, he's got very good footwork, his ability to make opposing defenders just look foolish after the catch. And not just foolish after the catch, but foolish off the line of scrimmage. Um, he's able to make a move or two to get a step ahead of his cornerbacks, which is very nice. Um, he's got great hands. Um, you can line him up anywhere on the football field. He's sneaky fast. He's not going to be the fastest guy in this draft, but I'll tell you at the same time, he he can make some moves and he can make some plays. Um, another big thing that he's very physical and he's a great blocker. Um, watching him, I mean, <laughs> watching his partner in crime out there, Keyshawn Vaughn, just absolutely annihilate things um, is impressive. But Lipscomb makes some really good blocks in the open field that really open up that run game on that next level. Um, obviously, just like we were talking about earlier with earlier with Rager, uh, the quarterback play for Vanderbilt has been just awful to watch this year and and it's resulted in um Limscombe's stats being down a little bit this year he is having a little bit of a down year um the targets um I mean he's had I think he had two targets in his last two games one catch for 31 yards which I, that just goes to show you that you know it's it's kind of not there um I will say that you know 30 30 catches on 31 catches on the year he's got 15 first down or sorry 16 first downs um, which is which is very impressive. Last year he had a really good year, 84 catches, 907 yards. He had nine touchdowns last year. Um, they did get him the ball out of the backfield very nicely. 14. Um, he had 14 rushes last year for 75 yards. Um, it it just kind of shows you the kind of playmaker he's capable of doing because they're willing to get him the ball out of the backfield. Um, last year he had a uh, he had 14 red zone touches last year. Um, and seven touchdowns in results of that. He had three carries for uh, 11 yards and a touchdown. He had 11 targets, seven catches, and six touchdowns in the red zone. He can be a red zone threat. Um, obviously, like I said this year, it's just been kind of rough to watch them play this year. Um, I like Limscombe a lot. And to be honest with you, um, I, I like I like his I like Keyshawn Vaughn a lot. Vaughn has just been out of this world this year. They are one of the worst teams to watch, and Vaughn just goes out there and takes care of his business. I could talk about Vaughn and Limscombe all day long because I love the way these guys play. They have massive heart. Limscombe is a senior as well. He will play at the Senior Bowl hopefully along with Vaughn as well. So it'd be interesting to see what they do. And I think if you put him on the side of of any of these senior quarterbacks, it's going to be great. Like just like you were talking about with Bayless, though, these guys can show out with actually good quarterbacks to play next to at the Senior Bowl. You know what I'm saying, Stoops? Yep, exactly. And and everything you said about Lipscomb, it, you just hit it hit the nail on the head. It's the biggest hindrance to him is just the the QB play. I mean, it really is. You know, they've only accounted for four, just over fourteen hundred passing yards on the season. It's 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 just not a great offense to be in right now, especially for a receiver. Um, and then you said Keyshawn Vaughn. He's just absolutely he's he's high there right now. He's he's number two in receiving yards. Um, and it's not by, he's not too far behind, um, Kalijah Lipscomb. So Keyshawn Vaughn is just absolutely killing it. He's taken all the yardage away from, from essentially everyone else. And then just the poor QB play. So that's playing some factors into Lipscomb's, you know, down season. But like you said, he's just got everything you really want to see in a receiver. It's just the lack of production due to these other factors. So it sucks that, you know, it happens and that we see that, but, um, just when you see those, those traits on the field, you see the way he has it, the way he runs his routes, the way he's able to beat guys, you know, those 50, 50 balls, stuff like that. And it's, it's just, it's a, it's amazing to see. 
Um, you got to love seeing that. But yeah, the quarterback play, they only count for six touchdowns, thrown five interceptions, and they've been sacked 15 times. When you, when you see numbers like that, it's, it's just tough to get anything going, unfortunately on the offensive side and, and it's, it's showing unfortunately. So definitely want to see what he can do for the rest of the season. Maybe they'll start to, you know, flip things around basically about halfway, a little over halfway through the season. So hopefully we can see some, some changes to where we can really, really see what he is capable of doing. Like we did last season. I agree hundred percent. That's going to transition. So last week we revealed our top five this year, this week we're going to reveal our top 15 wide receiver rankings. Um, as of today, Stoops, I'll let you kick us off. Go ahead, go right. ahead and kick it off with your top five and then I'll give you my top five again. Cool. I like it. So yeah, my top five, it hasn't changed since last week, but I got number one, Jerry Judy. I've got CD lamb at number two. Um, and as I said, I got Tylen Walsh a little higher than what you do. I've got him sitting at number three, LaVisca Chenault still got him at number four and number five. I got T Higgins. I've got Judy one. I've got uh lamb two. I've got LaVisca three. I've got Higgins four. I've got Johnson five. And then my six through 10 is Wallace, Tylen Wallace. Uh, seven is Colin Johnson. Um, eight, I've got a guy that I love so much, Antonio Gandy Golden. I love this kid. I just want to. I can't wait till we talk a little bit more about him in the future. Um, nine, I've got uh, Stoops' favorite receiver, Henny Ruggs the third, and number mm-hmm. ten, I've got uh, Jalen Rager. All right. So for me, sitting at number six, I got Brian Edwards. Um, number seven, I've actually got Devin Duvernay. I moved him up that high. Um, about what? I don't know an hour before we started recording. Um, I just, and it it just, I kind of sat down and started looking at everything and just started thinking about what I've seen throughout the season. And I, I I like him a lot. Um, So I've got Devin DuVernay, number seven, number eight, I've actually got Omar Bayless and I did move him up as well. I had him, I think around 11 um, last rankings, but I moved him up to number eight, number nine, a guy I like a lot. Sage Surratt out of Wake Forest, definitely a guy to keep an eye on as well. He's, he's having a phenomenal season. And then number 10, I've got Antonio Gandy, golden love the name i just love that name it, it just it, it i just, feel like i should move him up my rankings because of his name yeah it's just antonio guinea gold it just it slips off your tongue and i mean he plays at liberty i mean it's just like it, it it's just like he he's a big dude too though yeah, he's massive i i love guinea golden and and he was one of the guys i was going to talk about but and i kind of nixed him off for limscomb just because i kind of went on a lipscomb tear um 11 through 12, I got Donovan Peoples-Jones, uh, t- uh, 11, I said 11, right? Yeah, number 12, yep. Michael Pittman uh, at a USC. Uh, 13, I've got Omer Bayless, who is slowly creeping up my board. Uh, Lipscomb at 14, and Devontae Smith at 15. All right, for me, number 11, I've got Jalen Rager. Um, I still just like the talent. I like the talent a lot, so I've got him at 11. Number 12, I've got Tyler Johnson. Um, number 13, I've got Jamon Osmond. Um, the QB play just, obviously it's just not there. And we, I could go on hours for that, but I won't. Um, number 14, I've got Courtney Davis, a guy that I basically talked about a couple episodes ago when we did the sec, you got to keep an eye on. He's, he's still producing despite the QP QB play in a A and M, but number 15, uh, Justin Jefferson, um, product of your boy, Joe Burrow. Yeah. Um, I was, I was going, I was going to do my best not to mention his name. I did mention. No, I, I got you. I <laughs> um, yeah, which speaking of which, I mean, he looked phenomenal uh, this past week, and again, it's just he's playing on another level right now, and it's kind of absurd. But um, not to get on a Joe Burrow tangent here, but yeah, so um, well, folks, do us a favor, head over to the expand the box score where we use the tool to use a lot, define a lot of these stats, and um, really dive into 
some of these um, rankings and stuff like that, they are adjusted per when we find these first down stats, these target stats, these target percentage stats. Go to Expand the Box Score, sign up using the uh, code word STOOPS, all capital letters. Uh, you get 10% off that right now. And then you get access to the NFL stuff. You get the DFS tool. You've got the database tool, uh, both of which are very cool to use. Uh, head on over, follow uh, Expand the Box Score over at uh, Twitter, at XTB Box Score. Give Stoops a follow at Stoops1990. Give myself a follow at Ricky Valera underscore. And until next time, we'll uh, talk to you guys soon. See y'all later. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.